At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Vital Proteins knows that turning 30 can be a pretty big change for your body's collagen, which can begin to decline, but also a change for you. Like waking up sleep-deprived when you were in bed early listening to a podcast. Or looking endlessly at real estate you can't afford. Luckily, there's collagen peptides to support your skin, hair, nail, bone, and joint health. Vital Proteins, for everybody with a body. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, producer Thim here. A quick word of explanation before we start the show. Uh, sometimes we have some technical difficulties that we don't notice until after we record. Unfortunately, this week that was the case, so we did have to use the backup audio file for Alex's audio, which unfortunately isn't as uh, as nice as we would usually like it. We'll have it uh, back up and running before the next episode. Thanks for listening. This is Off Track with Inch and Rossi. Who's starting us off? Oh. <laughs> 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 hello and welcome. welcome. He said it. He said hello and welcome. He said it. Hello he said welcome. hello and welcome. Um, guys, this is kind of cool. James and I are in the same room. We are. So we can... I don't know how that changes anything. It just makes it more... Exciting, yes, more intimate. Unfortunately, it makes it easier for Tim. Yeah, um, I never thought about it that way. Not, not really. Okay, and, good. Uh, and like, I'm in the same city. I could have been told we were meeting up. Oh, no, you, you, you weren't invited. The problem is, it would have been hard for three of us to gather around one mic. No, it's cool, guys. I would, I would have come over if either of you had made it in the Fast Nine. Let's, you still wouldn't have been invited if either of us made it the So let's be, let's be honest. We, we wouldn't be doing this podcast because we'd be too busy doing real interviews. <laughs> Media would have actually cared about us this week and wanted to do stuff with us. I was thinking nice, back. Quiet, relaxing days we've had. I was thinking back to 2016. And James, you were obviously busy for media stuff but this was before anybody really knew who alex was over here and where was your media day event it was like a zoo in louisville it was the louisville zoo louisville. Yeah. <laughs> another another word for the zoo in louisville is the louisville zoo <laughs> <laughs> do they call it um, the just... zooville yeah so i i met um i met some nice folks there i went with max chilton and spencer piggott so you could tell that kind of yes, at the bottom yeah. of the barrel there. <laughs> so, so this is okay. So this is an old thing that used to happen in IndyCar all the time. You'd have your qualifying weekend, uh, the Indy 500, and then the Monday or the Tuesday afterwards, they would send all the drivers out to different markets to do a day of PR, right? And we're talking coast to coast, from New York to LA. Drivers would get sent around, and unfortunately, there's only like a couple really good markets. For that for those trips like they're all important 
we we love our fans everywhere, but like in certain cities, there's just not as much interest or outlets to right. so, use. So, so like they, they kind of give away the good ones based on seniority, but also like Ryan goes to St. Pete because he lives in Florida. Right, and I for yeah. a bunch Marco of years I went to Toronto. Go to Philly, yeah. Right, right. Well, because I was new, so th- there wasn't a huge media demand, and because I was a rookie, like I was bottom of the seniority list. So that's why I had Louisville Zoo. I was my favorite media tour that I ever did. I was very lucky. I got to go to New York, which was kind of like the good one. Mm-hmm. And I went with Fernando, which made a lot of sense, and Connor, which <laughs> made no sense if you think about it. No. <laughs> so that so that was twenty seventeen. Then yeah. I'm trying to remember what happened to Connor that year. That wasn't the year he caught on fire. Think about that. You got to narrow that down. There were a lot of those. <laughs> like literally, he crashed in 2016. Like there was nothing. Yeah. Well, he's you know he's kind of a big deal on Tinder. I was gonna say what's your Snapchat. I was gonna say Snapchat. Yeah. No. So the reason Connor Connor went in in all seriousness is because we had a um, appearance at Google, one of Google's offices in New York. It's cool. With Ric Flair. Oh, and right. So they knew that me and Fernando would not really be able to have the same energy level or commitment to, to really <laughs> to selling vibe stuff, with Ric Flair. To vibe with Ric Flair. So who did they call? Connor, obviously. And then they subsequently that's, became like good buddies. Yes. Yeah, and that's that was the right call. That was they yeah, were absolutely no. correct. No, we're looking down the entry list of the 2017 Indy 500 and thinking, okay, who could we pair up with Ric Flair to make it a fun interview? There's only one answer. There's only one answer. And uh, well, so- that, was, that, that opened up the, the floodgates for one of the better pranks that's been pulled at IMS. Is that when he was, that's that was when they the did that? Oh, yeah, that was, that was still my favorite. Still. That one was great. Which, which prank was this? So they, his team, I think it was later. I've, I've never officially heard. I mean, I've heard rumors that it was like McAfee and the Barstool crew because they were posted up in their, their little trailer sure. there. I mean, so the level of detail. So they filled his bus with balloons, but some had air, some had either helium. So like it covered the whole space. And then the best part was, James. Well, there's, well, there's two best parts. Okay. Well, there's three best parts. So in, in order from descending to ascending, some of the balloons were abnormally large, right? So like they weren't just normal sized balloons. So to get them all, like you couldn't have brought them on the bus full because they wouldn't fit through the door. So they obviously filled some of these helium balloons up on the bus, which is just incredible. Number two, they covered the floor with solo cups full of water. Now there were balloons on top of most of the solo cups. You couldn't see him. So as he walked through, he just spilled water all over the bus. But the best part, (laughs) the best part was in the helium balloons, the big ones that had to be popped to physically get them out of the bus. They filled them with glitter. And so as you pop them, they glitterified the bus and it was just brilliant. Potentially the best, the best. I mean, the only and, prank and, that, and that rivals it is shipping one of of Dan shoes, six pairs of Dan shoes. One of each <laughs> of six pairs of Dan shoes home from Japan. I don't know. Cutting Dario's carbon but, bike in half with a hacksaw while he was doing a live interview from behind the camera is also a pretty good one. That's just 
It's just so, mean. <laughs> the other part that I really like about the whole Connor prank was it wasn't even his bus. It was like it was he was borrowing was somebody else's bus, right? No, it wasn't even rental. It was, he was borrowing somebody from no, NASCAR, no, right? No, I think it no, it was comfort. yeah, it was a Mount Comfort bus. Oh, was it? Um, okay. Yeah, but uh, no, that was a solid one. I said we were going to try to do something to Hunter Ray this year. We just never kind of got around to it. I mean, I still was credit cards. Yeah, it feels like, it feels like I, the pranks I, took a back seat. I mean, I that's got it pretty wound up prank. with his that's credit just cards. Just a felony, James. Well, well, I mean, some of the best pranks are Tim. I mean, it's not a felony <laughs> unless you use it, and he didn't. He just gave me the numbers. I just took a picture of all the cards in his uh, wallet, front and back, and over the next twelve months, I'm going to systematically put small seven to twelve dollar charges on them at regular <laughs> intervals to just really throw them off. <laughs> It's Hunter Ray He's not going to notice seven. <laughs> That's fair, but my Panera is free for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, so it feels what, like there haven't been a ton of pranks. That's just petty theft, so I don't think we're going to call that as a prank. Because he knows, so I feel like it doesn't count. He could cancel his cards. He could, know. but like it's not <laughs> enough money to go through the hassle of canceling the cards, so you just let it go and just, just hate me for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's... So one of, one of the one of the you know other casualties of of the COVID thing is this media trip. We don't do it anymore because everything can just be done virtually now. So like the the because imagine the cost of casualty. Well, so I'm saying it nicely. I think a lot of people are actually totally okay with this. Um, but yeah, the cost of sending 33 drivers plus PR reps and and series officials all over the country was not insignificant. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes like you had to do a West coast one, one year. Right. And that was like a 24 hour trip. Like you spend the night there and everything. So the week of the race, it's not something you'd love to do. So kind of switching everything virtual. We've got that. That'll be on Thursday, which is today. No, for those listening, right. Isn't media day Thursday. No, there, there isn't one. Oh, so like that phoner window that I did. Yesterday was that my media day? Yeah, because what we have going on Thursday, so today, is just your normal like media availability. Where like you're uh, in that chalet. Uh, right. Thing. Yes, we do that. Any. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, no. so media day's done. The only the only difference really that I've noticed, aside from not doing it, is um, the school visit was virtual. Yes. Which, again, not totally opposed to. It had some like pros and cons. Yeah. Kind of the same. Yeah, you're not wrong. Actually, it was it was actually very well run. I mean, going to this, the, the community day thing is is awesome, and getting to go to like local area schools and seeing kids and talking to car racing is always a lot of fun. And um, you know, I actually I really enjoyed it. I did mine with Simona Di Silvestro, and uh, great time chatting to kids. Some great questions. I did mine with Colton, so it was like me talking to he. So students. he felt like he was at yes. one with the audience. He had some questions for me. <laughs> I asked him school was. He, he didn't go to school, I don't think. <laughs> He's one of those kids that started racing before he could like write and just gave up on school and committed to being a driver. But I mean, it worked out for him. It's fine. I mean, I don't know. We'll see if he amounts to anything. Um, so so if today's Thursday, so that's media availability, not media day. We got a couple other things happening. I know my Thursday is pretty Busy well, different I tell you what. Oh, we got a cornhole. Well, well. When did you ever beat me in cornhole? There was a time. No. Yeah. No. What about in Charlotte? Did you win in Charlotte? Every time. Damn it. You actually owe me money, but you have some other things. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my wallet. <laughs> and burned your leg. 
I still have that scar. Um, there was that there was that marathon game that we played actually with George at Michael's Fourth of July party. Remember that one? Yes, we were on the same team. We were on the same team, right? I was with George because he was on right. So yeah, so so this Thursday, so if you're listening today, uh, from three to four, three to four at Daredevil Brewing Company in downtown Speedway, Main Street Speedway. Come on down. The yeah, the American. Cornhole Association, no, no league, league, the yeah. ACL. Um, we're doing an event for the George Four Foundation, uh, which is obviously George Steinbrenner the Fourth's uh, charity that that he operates with his family. And we're getting paired up, so it's it's you, myself, George, and Kenny Moore of the Colts. Uh, we are being each paired with a professional cornhole player. Yes, which is the thing. Probably higher ratings than anything. Probably, probably. I actually saw it on like ESPN the other day. I think I sent you a picture of it. Like I was <laughs> doing some research. Wait, wait, trying this to get made it on ESPN? Oh, bro, it's it's a whole thing. Dude, American Cornhole League is like a really big deal. I am so one of my favorite things to do, and like one of the positions that we you know are in as as drivers and as athletes is is getting to meet and talk to athletes from other sports. I, I love meeting athletes from other sports and like picking their brain. I mean, Kenny Moore's a great example. He was at the race. He's been at a bunch of races this year, but we just love talking to him about football and, you know, friends I know that play baseball and golf. It doesn't matter. All sports. I love hearing the stories from the inside from the athletes. I don't know if I've ever been more excited than, or I've, let's just say I've, I've never had more questions than I do for the players in the American Cornhole League, because this is just such a fascinating sport to me to be like, Pro. And I'm not, that's not me talking it down. Like I'm not, I'm not crapping on it. I'm genuinely very impressed yeah. that it's a pro league and no, I can't no. wait to find out more about it. I can't wait to, you know, hopefully get my first victory of the month. I can't wait to look really, really <laughs> bad at cornhole next to all of our comparative partners. So funnily enough, um, I had George and our buddy Bobby over here a month ago. And we smoked some ribs. I don't know where you were. Doesn't matter. And we were watching ribs or eating ribs and watching cornhole. Okay. And we watched someone get 27 four baggers in a row, meaning he made it all four bags in the hole 27 times, set a record. We witnessed it. And it was at this point where George was like, oh, by the way, <laughs> I have this cornhole thing. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, cool, cool. Wow. Yeah, awesome. So like I get excited when I make all four on the pool. Oh yeah, that's a big deal. That's, that's a great cool. play. That's yeah. a great play. And that wow. never happens consecutive no. turns. <laughs> so how do we how does somebody who's listening, how do they sign up for this? How do they can they just show up? Yeah. Show up or uh if you'd like to donate, donate you can go to the I guess we go to the George Four Foundation uh Instagram page or website. And everything um, is, is benefiting Gigi's uh, Playhouse um, and helping them acquire new buses um, for their for their kids. So, so transportation buses. So it's a really good cause. It's going to be a cool event. It's going to be a, a blending of the worlds. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to, to kick James's ass. Well, we'll see. It's, it's, it's www.george4.org, and that's number four. Uh, if you want to go to the foundation's website, because um, there's also like a there's a voting thing where you can vote for your favorite team, and I think it like donates to the cause 
and there's going to be, you know, Maybe. some fan favorite over here. You got to remember that there's a cult on the team, and we are in Indianapolis. Oh, we definitely, <laughs> yeah, we've we've already lost that. Um, but you already uh, but yeah. pulled off one of those. You can't expect another one. No, I. I oh, yeah, that's that's true. We do have our reigning fan favorite here, so you never know. That's potentially potentially a big thing. But yeah, so that should be fun. That's that's going to be a highlight of Thursday. And then, well, um, yeah, it's carved in and, and then nothing else going on. Yeah, nothing else happening. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Well, now we, we've successfully avoided talking about anything race related for a while now. I'm proud of us. I like when we do that. I think, mm-hmm. I, you know, we get people in, but about 15 minutes in. So we sh- probably should go over how qualifying went. There's a lot of things I want to talk about. For <laughs> well, good thing you have a podcast. There you go. Now, I don't think <laughs> any of them. Because I don't want to talk about it. None of them relate to me or Alex. Oh, OK. Even better. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I want to, I just want to, I should probably build to this one, but I can't, I'm too excited. I just want to talk about it. And you and I've already had this conversation, Alex. What Will Power did on that was Sunday so cool. was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. So just like, let me just set the stage for you guys a little bit here. All right. Saturday, we set the grid from 10 to 30 and five cars were not locked into the show. One of them was our 2015 Indy 500 winner, Will Power, driving a Penske. 2018. 28, oh, sorry, 2015 champion. Sorry, sorry, 2018 Indy 500 winner, Will Power, who drives for Team Penske. They know their way around this place. I heard of them. Heard of them. Right. And I, I don't know, like, I hadn't really been paying attention on Fast Friday to see that those guys were struck. So look, okay. In the practice week, it seemed very evenly matched between the engine manufacturers. 
But as we saw last year, when we got the extra boost for uh, Fast Friday and for qualifying weekend, Honda, Big H showed up in a big way. And there's no doubt that we had, you know, a leg up over the competition. Huge thanks and credit to everybody at HPD and Honda for the incredible work that has, you know, kept that advantage over the offseason. But I, did, I just didn't even think, I didn't even look at that. I didn't even think that that was something to consider. And then, you know, all of a sudden we get to the end of the day on Saturday and Will is sitting outside the top 30. And I've been there. I know what that's like. That night sucks. You are looking over the car. You are sitting with your engineers till the wee hours in the morning trying to figure out how you're going to sneak out a couple extra tenths of a mile an hour. And ultimately, you only have to be quicker than two of the five cars, right? Three are getting in, two are going home. Yeah. But that stress, because here's the thing is, the format they did is different than the format that I faced when I was doing it in that we only had one shot. It was one and done. So one little thing goes wrong and that's it. You're not, you're not racing. Which we'll get to this in a second, but from a fan perspective, it's way better. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. We will get to that. Um, so these guys get to make multiple runs, but long story short, your first run is always going to be your best. That's when the car is optimized from temperature standpoints and things like that. When, unless something goes wrong or you're taking out like an obnoxious amount of downforce, you're probably not going to go faster on a second run. So that first run is by far the most important. Will is out there struggling. And on his mm-hmm. last lap, actually cranks the wall with the right rear coming out of turn two. Like, yeah. not a light not tap. He doesn't kiss it. No. The wall s- stops him. The, yes. Stops yes. Him stops him from spinning, yes. potentially. Yes. And that guy, in the in all the pressure that's building up to that moment, and those four laps are like the longest and worst feeling, like your your heart's in your stomach the entire time. And he hits the wall, and he does not lift. And now he's going yeah. down the back straight, and he's thinking to himself, "Well, I've got two choices. I can I can lift going into three, knowing that I've cranked the wall with the right rear, and there's a very good chance I bend something based on how hard I hit it." but then definitely don't make the race or at least definitely have to try again. And like we said, the first one's always going to be your fastest or I can keep it planted and hope that nothing's bent or broken. If nothing's bent or broken, I've got a better shot at making the race. But if something is my car's written off and I am definitely not going (laughs) into the race on Sunday. So like high risk, high reward, high risk, high reward. And he had to make that decision in five eighths of a mile going 225, 230 miles an hour. And he made the right call, but my God. So unreal. I don't want to take any credit away from him. Yes. And what he did because yes. Monumental. Yes. But, but when you, when you bend something at 230 miles an hour, you don't go straight. Okay. He would have been very much right hand down. He would have been very much have something go. When you look at Zach Beach in Texas. Yep, I, I, yep, I know okay, what you're talking about. Yep. Out of two, mm-hmm. he smacked it, and then it was immediately like. But he broke hard. something, right? If you bend, like, you know what a couple foul of right rear toe out feels right, like. My point is, I've been plenty of, of, of yeah. tie rods in Detroit in the last corner of that left rear. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, right. things. Yeah, yeah, I see, you're saying. I see what you're saying. So, like, he, he would not have gone flat if he had 25 degrees of steering clarity. No, for sure. So, like, for yes, sure. you have to think about it. 
but also in his position, considering he probably gave it a little bit of a wiggle and it was like, look, it seemed fine. And the fact that he literally had a do or die decision of like, well, I have to make the race. Right. It's, it's a pretty easy decision. I think, I think, yes. every, I think everyone would have done it. Right. But it's in the back of your head. For sure. <laughs> yeah. We saw Jack Harvey do it last year. Yep. He smacked the wall out of two. Yep. Stayed flat. Actually, I think what Jack Harvey did wow. was even more impressive. Braver. dumber. Definitely dumber. <laughs> but like, again, <laughs> but braver. Wait, like I would not have done this. I could, I could talk myself into probably doing what Will did right. in that situation. Yep. No chance in hell. Yeah, because Jack talk, had a chance to go again. you talk yourself into it that quickly, or is that just part of the yeah. territory of being a race car driver? Yeah, you just have to make those decisions on the spot. But yeah, I mean, for those that don't know, Jack had a an issue with his right rear tire during his first qualifying in run on Saturday. In two spots. Right. <clears throat> had the biggest, like it was missing chunks of the tire that were like, like we talk about blisters on tires and they're like, dime size maybe quarter size and that's like a mass panic this was a pancake this was a dinner plate yes and there was three of them and there was a, a louder vibration <laughs> than when you have a flat spot on a road course from locking up your front tire like as he went down the front straight <laughs> over the engine it was like flapping yes you could hear the tire and, and jack was like Meh. he did his final lap was at 222 mile an hour average which means like that wasn't that big a lift. Which was 220 miles an hour faster than Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and brought the thing home in one piece. And God bless you, Jack. That was super impressive. That was very impressive. Really, really cool. Well, um, and then it looked like after after practice, you guys seemed to have the car dialed. Or sorry, after qualifying, you guys both seemed to have dialed in cars, right? You were you were good in practice you were going pretty quick so how are you guys feeling for the race um you say that as if you watched practice and weren't up in the i suite did watch drinking. i mean i watched it from the suite and i was drinking you were, but i saw, you were I saw like you were i saw like a blue and yellow blur pass another blur and i was like oh i think that's probably alex and that must be good <laughs> yeah it looked it didn't look bad you know right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so here's the thing yes i think everyone is is feeling okay with the car indiana's gonna throw us all for a loop here mm -hmm. you know we yeah. we had the beginning of the week it was kind of cold not cold cold but but on the overcast, on the overcast side. yeah then you get to thursday friday gets a pretty step warmer saturday sunday pretty freaking hot big sun big, big temperature sun, big track tent sunday morning race day morning at 8 a.m., it's going to be 42 degrees. Yeah. When we go green, it's going to be 58 degrees. Yeah. Like, to the point where we complain about heat a lot, I almost think it might be a little bit might chilly. chilly. <laughs> At 220 miles an hour, yeah. the wind coming in the helmet's yep. actually going to be, like, frosting yeah. the inside Stop. of your visor. So, like, we have all of this information, and we have this car that's really been tuned to pretty hot ambient and track temperatures. And, uh, the race is uh, not going to be that. Yeah, so. which is which is quite literally a 180 degree swap from what normally happens. Yeah. What normally happens is we spend all week in cool conditions. Qualifying is usually still pretty hot and crappy, but then we get to the race and it's like through the and roof hot, 89% yeah. humidity, 95 degrees, 130 degree track temps. And we're going out there like, cool, never been in this before. And the car is always worse. The only good news about the conditions predicted for Sundays, cars normally get better 
But yes, not after two inches of rain over the past four days. The track will be green. Uh, carb day is going to be interesting if we even get out because, yep. again, this changes by the minute. But right now, it doesn't look great for weather. Um, so we might not even get a chance to run in potentially cooler conditions on a greenish track before we go out and, you know, run mm -hmm. greatest spectacle in racing. So, so that's neat. I, I feel like I, I understand somewhat why it the car might handle better in colder temperatures, but can you guys walk through that? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors. It really all boils down to colder air is denser, meaning mm -hmm. the engines are happier because they're breathing better air, um, so making more horsepower. Um, and, but really the biggest, the biggest thing is you, you have a little more downforce because the air is denser, but the biggest thing is cars, well, really tires don't like hot surface temperatures. Okay. And anytime you get to that 116 degree track temp, you're really starting to go down a pretty sharp decline of, of grip. And that's because at that point, all the oils are coming to the surface and you just have less right so that's really the biggest thing it's not if, if for example it was 95 degrees but the track had the ability to stay 85 it wouldn't be that big a deal it'd actually probably go quicker because you have thinner yeah yeah so it, it's really the, the surface type that's the biggest issue but the, yeah. and the other the other thing so that the cars will slide around a little bit less you know you'll be able to maybe tune the balance in a little bit easier but again your balance shifts, you know, front to rear quite a bit as the track temp goes up as well. So as Alex was saying, we've been tuning these cars for higher track temps and you might not know what your balance is until you get to turn one and it's going to be either really well, pushy, really loose. So right? The odds are we've been tuning it to get a lot of understeer out. So it's going to be super on the nose. Super sketchy. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that the, the <laughs> race. <laughs> yeah, at least but, it's short. Because because the the cars will handle a little bit better, and because the air is denser, you punch a bigger hole. So the speeds usually do come down a little bit because you're trying to push thicker air. But you punch a bigger hole, which usually means the draft's a bit bigger, and as a result, the racing can actually be quite good in those conditions. Yeah. So then there's I think kind of I think kind of regardless, the the show this year is going to be pretty good. Yeah, I think it's be better than the last couple. Yeah, of years. And, and what's cool is not only have they given us more downforce, which is very necessary. But now they've almost, they've given us enough to where you're going to have guys that are on slightly different options. Yes. In the past, everyone was fully loaded up. Default, full. You had to have everything because like, you could barely survive on max. Yeah. Now, like max is, is still an option. Like it's not crazy to run max. But like also you're going to have guys that think about running a, a little bit less than max. And, and you're going to have different strategies and, and give and take in the race, which I think is going to be. Super yeah, that does put on a great show. Like a lot of fun. <clears throat> so one thing I always like looking at is fastest qualifying rookie. We've talked a lot about the rookie battle this year, and I'm looking at the thing now. I Pietro. think yes, yeah, Pietro, right? Because he hasn't done the 500. So Pietro Fittipaldi in the Dale Coin Racing entry with Rick Ware Racing, the number 51 that Grosjean piloted to a podium in the GP was uh was the fastest rookie which is pretty cool so congrats to him on that what else what else <laughs> what else is there to watch out for what else is going to be interesting well yeah i mean what's how how would we know assuming that there <clears throat> that people who listen to this podcast aren't going to have as much beer as i intend to have on sunday 
and they're watching the race, mm-hmm. what can they look out for with you guys to see if you're having a good day or a bad day? Like what's, what are the big indicators? Just, well, you know, track if, position? if you get tired of drinking beer, uh, Tim, you can pick up one of these delicious simplicity juices, uh, and drink those to be healthier and hydrated during a nice long race. How do they, do they mix well or with vodka? You could buy an old hammer stop and go foundation. That's true. I J O O A bottle. Yep. From stop and go foundation.org. That's I, mean, uh, I that's already have one. I do a bottle. Wait, how do you have one? I didn't give you one. I, I got it from the, yeah. My mom oh, yeah that's right. That's right. Um, so to answer your question, Tim, um, <laughs> how do you know if you're having a good race or a bad race? If you're moving up or you're falling back? <laughs> okay, but I mean, if, right. if if you have signed the wall with your tires, mm-hmm. it's probably bad. I did do that once. I did do that once in. You signed it with more than a tire. Well, yeah, no, I signed it with um, a couple quarts of blood. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, was was it? I think was it the year I started on the last round, maybe. I had a little kiss coming out of turn four. That's anyways. That's I think I think, to me. I think oh, it's sorry. pretty obvious if you're having a good day. Yeah, I mean, it's there's going to be more action up front for sure, and hopefully a little more action further in the line. That was always the trouble the last few years is the first two three cars could kind of race, but once you got to four five six in line, it was really tough to make passes happen. I think you're still. I think you're going to see even more action in the front in terms of how often and, and how easy it is to pass the leader. But I think further down the line and, and as the as the train gets little gaps in it, it's gonna make passing kind of in the midfield a little more a little more possible too. So it's uh so that, that's I think it's gonna be a great it's race. Gonna be colder, that's gonna be the, the bigger hole you were talking about being punched well, in the no, air. Part of it is because IndyCar came with a different set of aero components this year that gave us a little more downforce. And so that's really what's been a big contributor. I mean if You've been watching any of the practices uh, on Peacock. Tim said he has been. Well, he said he's been watching it from the suite, so he's been hammered, so he's not actually been paying attention. But if you at home have been watching either from the racetrack or at home on Peacock, um, there's been a lot. Those group runs near the end of the day are like pretty good indication of what the race is going to be. It's definitely been a lot racier and a lot more action than what we've seen um, the last couple of seasons. So I'm, I'm excited to see how the race plays out, certainly. Sucks that we're not having things like, you know, public autograph session and the parade and a lot of those things that we've had in the past. But it's still going to be nice to have people in the stands when we, you know, go for driver intros on uh, on Sunday morning. Yeah. It's uh, the I don't know. I was just thinking last week when I was watching qualifying and again, what you were just talking about. Oh, that year I was on the last row. What was that? One or two years after you were on pole? Just how... Yeah insane qualifying is for the indianapolis 500 it Just is funny man like such small factors yeah obviously there's like so many there's so much footage of us all saying how much we love this race and how cool this event is and the track and everything and it's all true but you know we're sitting there in the engineering office on saturday and you know alex and i and ryan and cole and we're sitting there and we're just looking at each other and being like this is so stressful, man. Like, why do we enjoy this? <laughs> like, this is one of the worst days. Like you're just on, you're just on high alert the whole day. And I mean, in our case, we only did one run, not but by like, choice. Right? <laughs> not by choice in some cases. And you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of decisions to be made. You're just constantly watching the condition of the track based on who's running and 
trying to weigh up your options, trying to make setup decisions. And like, you're just, you're constantly in a state of readiness and like just hyper focus. And like, you're just on, even though I did four laps of work on that day, I was exhausted at the end of it because mentally you just have to be so ready to jump in the car and go hang it all out there for I 10 was. miles. I, so was I, I was also in the car. I was in the car for 45 minutes before you were in the car. That's true. That's true. I was unaware that she's going to Yeah. <laughs> Why are we just sitting in the car and not doing anything? It just seems silly. Were you playing your iPad game and lost track of time? We were playing a lot of... Uh... I didn't have my iPad. You didn't have your iPad? They didn't even give you your iPad? Did you have your phone? Nope. Uh, I tried to... was I playing thought. Words with Friends again? I was again. going a minute. I brought my phone and I was going to call you, but mm. I'm glad I didn't. Mm. Just left your voicemail. Hey. But like, I don't know. Good times. At least I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You'll be over at lap two. No. <laughs> I think that's. I'll, I'll be over it. By back home again in Indiana. No, qualifying next year. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Rossi knows how to hold a grudge. Yes, I'll be miserable for the next 362 days. You will overanalyze and overthink it for the next 362 no, days. No, I don't need to overanalyze or overthink it. I know exactly what happened. All right. James. You're just going to sit there right. and stew. Before we get, yeah. Well, and let it I guess. fester <laughs> until one more thing happens. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be good. I look forward to the, the Mount Vesuvius-like explosion that will be Alex's head. Yeah, it's coming any minute now. Yeah. You just, uh, yeah. I guess the, the big takeaway is, because nobody thinks that, that like, willpower is why willpower qualified 32nd, right? Like, he he's... Right. He's uh, such a challenge. So I think the big takeaway, at least for me, is you guys matter very little when it comes well, to where you except, qualify. Except for <laughs> Scott Nixon is probably why Scott Nixon is on board. Yeah, there's probably something to that. Yeah, we never even talked about that. But can we talk about, though, that that's his first poll since 2017 that wasn't like a race started on championship points, like if qualifying was random. Oh, you mean like in general? That was his first poll. So his indie poll in 17. Was his last poll. No. But at least he won two championships in the process. He did do that. Yeah. He did do that. I, I didn't know that. I knew his I knew his, his poll record wasn't like, it's like the one thing that's not outstandingly glaring in his record book. I mean, it's still okay. great, but. It's still his fourth poll at Indy, right? <laughs> no, no, yeah. Super irrelevant at yeah. the end of the day because polls don't win championships. They sure don't. No. Ask Will. Yes, but like I just found that fascinating. That's three, three yeah, years. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is fascinating. But yeah, dude, his his onboards. I remember his onboard from the seventeen poll was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And just watching what those guys did. But you know what? The Ganassi cars. Credit to the organization. Four cars in the fast nine out of four. Um, I mean, yeah, that is facts. They got yeah, You're right. They got it done. Um, you know, we as a team have had five cars out of five in the fast nine. We've done it. We've been there. Uh, we did not have that kind of consistency across our cars this season. So you got to give credit where credit's due. And they've been very strong all month long. And so likewise, we got to give big credit to Colton and the 26 guys because they made that way closer than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be going into qualifying and way closer than anybody thought it was going to be after lap one. 
you know, they did a very good job of going very quick and very consistent. And, uh, you know, Scott's drop off over the course of the run was considerably more than, than Colton's, but man, that first lap was just absolutely flying. Those guys hung it absolutely all out there. And you know what, you know how you knew it was a good one is when Scott got out of the car, like still like when he jumped out of the car, he was like very animated and Scott's easy ice. Man. He's not a very animated guy, but he was, he was proud of that one. He was like, yeah, that was like that was that was a big deal yeah so it's it's cool to see a guy like that with everything he's accomplished you still get that excited over a run like that that just shows you how friggin nerve-wracking indie qualifying can be and like how on the edge you got to be to be quick there 100 um it's why it's why we love it and hate it and um guys this has gone on for 40 minutes i have talked all afternoon i'm done <laughs> so <laughs> If you haven't watched any IndyCar racing yet this week, shame on you. You better watch the 500. Look for stuff. Yep, lots of stuff. There's going to be stuff happening. It's going to be a better race than you've seen the past couple of years. Yep. We're going to see a lot of lead changes. Pit stops are going to be super crucial still because track position is still a big deal. And restarts are going to be hectic as always. (laughs) And (laughs) big grin on Alex's face. Your boy on the outside. At least, at least Santino will be there. Why do you have to go and ruin it? Why do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good luck, guys. Thank you, and thanks everybody listening. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.